0: welcome to our class on chassidus we are going to be learning today a very special chassidic discourse the chassidic discourse was said by the rebbe on shabbos pasha Seitsei yud gimel el the 13th day of the month of el in the year Tafshin Yudalid, yud Daled, which is exactly 66 years ago the chassidic discourse is based on the uh, prayer that we all say friday night which we all know now the reason why the Rebbe said this Hasidic Discourse based on this verse and that Shabbos because Yud Gimel Elul is the anniversary of the previous Rebbe's marriage. It's also the 25th anniversary of the Rebbe's marriage. And when the Rebbe got married by the Kabbalist Ponim, the Fridic Rebbe said a Hasidic discourse in the year Tafresh Pei Tes, 91 years ago, um, at the Rebbe's wedding. So this Hasidic discourse is an explanation on that Hasidic discourse that the previous Rebbe said at the Rebbe's wedding, and this is said on the anniversary of the previous Rebbe. 25 years after Tafshin Yudalid, in the year Tafshin Lama tes, so that will be 50 years of the Rebbe's anniversary. So the Rebbe certified and edited this powerful Hasidic discourse. So again, the, ver- the Hasidic discourse is based on the beautiful, um, the prayer that we say Friday night, which was uh, composed by a famous Kabbalist in the city of Tzvas Irakoidish. So what does the prayer say? It says, L'chadoidi, the we know is of my beloved, Likras Kala, we're going to go to the Kala, to the Bride. Pnei Shabbos, the face of Shabbos, and the Kabbalah we're going to accept. So the Rebbe quotes from, again, the Hasidic discourse that his father-in-law said at the Kabbalah's panim of the Rebbe's wedding. And over there, he brings from the Medrash, Pirkei the that says that when we say Chassan, the Bride, a Bride, and the groom, so the chassan is the, the groom, and the kala is the bride, so the chassan, the groom, is compared to a king, so at a wedding, since he was at the wedding, so he says that a chassan, the groom, is compared to a king, but a kala, and the kala and the bride is con- compared to the malka. Now, that is obviously down here, a bride and a groom. However, we know that the who's the ultimate um, chatan, who is the ultimate um, groom, that's referring to Hashem, and who is the kala? Who is the ultimate bride? It's the Knesset Yisrael, all the Jewish people. Sha Hashem is the groom, and we are all the bride. In the world of the Sfirot, because we know everything that exists in the physical world, and the spiritual world, its source is always in the, in the world of the Sfirot. Now we know in the Sfirot, there is 10 Sfirot. Three first chachma bin adas, chabad goes under the category of intellect, and then you have the emotional sphirot. What are the emotional sphirot? So there's six emotions, which is chesed gvuratifares, netzah chhoidisoid, and then you have the idea of what? Of Malchus, which is the last sphera. So in Kabbalah it says that Chasan the Groom is the level, the spiritual level, of the six emotions, Chesed and the Kala is Malchus. So based on this, the previous Rebbe says that when we say L'chad Likras Kala Pnei Shabbos in what does that mean? That we want to create a union between ZA, the six emotional Middait, and the Middah of Malchus. Now, in order to create a union, between what? Between the emotions, the six emotions and Malchus. So the Rebbe explains that in order to create any union, it goes as follows. First, there has to be a Chitsoinius connection, which means a which means an external connection between, with the goal again is to make the union between za, the six midos of Chesed, Bor, Tfes, Netzach, and Malchus. It has to be an external connection with Malchus. In the words of Kabbalah, an external connection is called Makif. That means it's it surrounds it. It doesn't, it's not an internalized connection, it's not a personal connection. But in order to create a personal connection, you first have an external connection, a makif connection, a superficial connection. But again, it's not superficial because it's anything less. On the contrary, it's very, very powerful and it's hard to internalize it. After you have the external connection, again, in the terms of Kabbalah, Chitsoinius, or Makif that surrounds, then you can come to have a pneumious connection, an internal connection. And the previous Rebbe says, very Rebbe still quoting from the previous Rebbe, that in any time, there's any type of relationship where there's a mashpia, someone that's trying to influence, someone's trying to share, someone's trying to give, and there's a makabal, someone that's trying to learn, receive, you always need to have an external connection where the two of them meet, Externally, superficially, Maqif, it's a of connection. After you have you the of the connection, then you can start working on a premious, more of an internal, meaningful relationship. Now, why is that so? Because when you want to create a relationship between two foreign entities, Zoh and Malchus, Midois and Malchus, so what has to happen is you have to create some kind of comfort zone. And once you create that comfort zone, then the mashpiyah, which is trying to have a relation with the makabal, and the makabal allows itself to receive in a premiistic way. And um, so, so to explain this idea, the free the gives, the previous rabbi gives two examples. Two mashalim, two examples. What are the two examples he gives? so first he gives an example of a teacher trying to teach a student in other words for in order for a teacher to teach a student you can't just come in boom i'm teaching you got to first warm up the class, they should be willing to accept, they should be ready and to, to receive from you. They have to create a warm environment. So that's the first example from a teacher teaching that in order for the teacher to teach and to have a real relationship with the students, he has to first create an external relationship with them. After they feel comfortable with each other, then he's able to teach them in an internal way. And the second example he gives is, for example, a parent that wants to play with his young little child, a long little baby. So you can't just walk in let's let's talk, let's learn, let's you know have a deep relationship. You have to cre- create um, some kind of a common ground. A, again, in Kabbalah it's called a chitzonius relationship, a makif relationship, and then you can advance the relationship to more of a preemius and more meaningful and more of a deeper relationship. Now, what, why is he bringing two, the two two examples? Because there's two components here. Number one is not to God to negate the hashpach, the initial relationship. Knows in the chitzonius and makif relationship is not only an intro to get to the personal relationship. Knows the chitzonius relationship is on a very very high level and it's very very important and it's very very strong. And in a certain way, it's actually much greater than the internal relationship not everything for example think of a teacher not everything he teaches could he give to the to the student or a a parent trying to to have a relationship. which not everything you can give to the child so you create a mark of relationship which is obviously much more powerful afterwards you decide what you want to share and what you what 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 can create a deep meaningful and a personal relationship now however so the first part of the relationship is chitrani, it's very, very strong, very powerful. It's not internalized. Once the relationship goes to the next level, then it becomes a real relationship. It comes a, a, in terms of Kabbalah, it's called a hashpa, primis it's an internal relationship. Now what happens is once that relationship takes place on a deep level, you can actually reach a much higher relationship. So as the flow goes like this, in any relationship, there's a shpach yitzayiniz, a makif, you know, superficial, people get comfortable with each other. Then there becomes a, an internal relationship, which is in a certain sense it's watered down because, because it's, so it can be internalized. But after that, that internal relationship takes place, then you can even have a much greater and deeper relationship than initially, which is even higher than the initial approach of the makif. And based on this, the Rebbe actually brings from a verse that says, Al kavod On every honor, there's a canopy. What does that mean? So the Rebbe explains very simple. There's different levels of kavod. There's different levels of honor. So for example, you have, in this case, it was a wedding. So you have the honor of the chasen, the honor of the kala, which is, again, on the world of the sepherah, that's the honor of zah and Malchus. But there's another level of kavod. What is another level of kavod? The honor of the father the mother spiritually what's the father and the mother you have chachman bina so that's also creates a different type of relationship which is basically in the words of kabbalah it's called the yichud the oneness of ava ava aim bina the yichud of zun zer ampin and nukvin which is a small face and the feminine water so there is a component of the kavai the honor the chupa the the makif of the Ava Chachman Bina, there's the Makif of Zer Ambin, and, and, and Nukvin, which obviously we know that Ava is much higher. It's the father and the mother, it's Chachman Bina. But nevertheless, in order to create a real relationship, where in the words of Kabbalah it's called you want to draw down the essence, that only happens after there's an internal relationship. So again, you have the Ashpach Hitzaynis, the Makif, which could be in the level of all, Eim, Chachman Bino, then you have in Zer Ampen nukfen, there's also a Makif of the six Midas and Malchus and then there becomes an internal relationship but after there's an internal relationship there's a relationship a Pneumistic relationship you actually have the power to draw down the essence and that's ultimately the goal so now the Rebbe is going to explain each one of the two Mishalim, each one of the two parables that the previous Rebbe gave for the idea that you, in order to have a Hashpah Pnimis, in order to have a, a meaningful internal uh, relationship, you need to first have what a Hashpah is. So the first Moshal the previous Rebbe gave is from a teacher and a student. So in other words, in a teacher and a student, you have to have first a Hashpah Chitsoinis, der and then comes der Shba What does that mean practically? So the uh, Rebbe quotes what we know when it's, uh, brought down in the Talmud, it says like this that before the rabbis would give you know a lecture and you want to inspire and you want to teach your children you want to teach your students so before they would start the talmud says they would start off with a milsa they would start off with a joke and that's why a lot of rabbis today before they start any class before they start any lesson they start off with an anecdote with a joke why because the joke or the anecdote that's called the hashpachitoynis. I think in English it's even called an icebreaker. You break break the ice. You know, you have the teacher, you have the students. So in order to break that, you have obviously the uh, anecdote, the, maybe even the smile that creates and breaks that relationship. And that's called the hashpachitoynis. Now, what's the purpose of the joke? What's the pur- purpose of the anecdote? Because when the person said, when a teacher and the student are, are trying to interact and the teacher wants to share something with the student, so you have the student that's sitting there. Now, in order to impact the child, a student, again, the first example is not a child, it's a student. In order to impact the student, in order to share information, that the student should receive it. So what you want to try to accomplish first is to open up the student's heart. Because if the student's heart's open, it's gonna be easy to teach. You wanna open his mind that the, the student should receive what you're saying. He should be a vessel to receive what you really want to tell him. So in order to do that, what has to happen? you got to loosen things up. you got to say a joke. Then he can see he can relate to you. Once he can relate to you, then his heart is open. His mind is open. And now education can start. So this actually, Mashal, this parable of saying a joke, um, it's actually from the Mittal Rebbe which is the second Chabad Rebbe, the first we know is the Alta Rebbe, and the second one is the Mittler Rebbe. In his classical work, there's many, many classical works of the Mittler Rebbe, one, 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 one of his works is called Toi Reschayim, the Book of Life. So over there, he explains the whole idea of the purpose of the joke. And he says over there as follows, what's the reason why, spiritually, when someone says a joke, when someone says an anecdote, or any type of other icebreaker, or even like a nice smile to show that you're relating with your students. Why does it work? And he explains like this. Because the shayrish, the source of schayrish, of laughter, in other words, the purpose of the joke and the anecdote or the smile is to get them to laugh, to loosen up. What's the shayrish? What's the source of that in the world of Kabbalah, in the spiritual world? So he says the shayrish, the source of that schayrish is... From Tainog hapashut, which is not connected to anything physical. In other words, like this. In the spheres we know, we mentioned, there's ten spheres. Chabad, the intellect. Chagas, Nahim, the emotional sphere. What's above the sphere? So the highest sphere, when we count um, the highest one, which is keser, we don't count das. But in the highest sphere, there's two levels what are the two levels the tainug and rotzain the lower level is rotzain will but the higher level is tainug what's the idea of tainug tainug in the level of kesser. there's this pleasure that we have from things that's not real tainug tainug is like real deep calm pleasure tainug what is the someone has like someone feels good so sometimes you, you feel good because you had to drink get something to eat you heard a nice story you learned something again that tainuk is coming from something but then there's just you feel like surreal serene you feel like totally like you're the light is shining and if you ask how what you can't explain it it's called tainuk so the the middle rubber explains in this book teres Chaim of chasidas that the source of schoyk, when someone hears a joke and they start laughing and they're relaxed what is the source of that? It comes from a very, very high level of tainug. Now, so since the source of an anecdote or a joke or anything that you can do to create calmness comes from tainug, and again, not just regular tainug. We said tainug, which doesn't have anything attached to it, and is in the Kabbalah terms, it's called tainug kaposhut, which is actually higher than intellect. So you're starting off from a very very high place when you actually say a joke it's not like a simple joke okay come on let's get on to the good stuff the joke takes you to a place which is higher than intellect because intellect is limited tainug is much higher than intellect after you have tainug kapashot then you can go down to intellect now what but on the other hand everything in life has a pro and a con the pro of a joke or an anecdote is, wow, we went up to Tainik Pashat. The con is that it's only Hashpah Chitzainus. Afterwards, let's say, for example, you gave a class and the only thing you did was said jokes. They're gonna, your students are going to feel good. They're going to feel happy. You took them a place of Tainik, that's wonderful. But afterwards, you ask them, what you learn? I didn't learn anything. So it's great, but you missed the Hashpah pnimius. They didn't walk away learning anything. So in other words like this, the start is you want to take them to a very, very happy place. You give them a joke, an anecdote, a nice smile, you make them feel good, you make them feel great. That's called Tainuk. You took them to a place of Tainuk. But again, that's hashbal that opens the heart, that opens the mind. Afterwards, you need to have the Hashpah You want to tell them what you were going to teach them or teach them what you're supposed to teach them, whether it's Talmud, Mishnah, Gemara, mysticism, whatever, or a classic Hasidus like we're having right now. After you have the Hashpa Pnimis and you actually learn what you're learning, you actually go to a higher place than the tainuk originally. Why is that? But if you, we just, what did we just say? We just said that through, ta, through the joke, you have Tainug. So what, and then you have the Hashpa Pnimis, the thing that you're actually learning. How are you going higher? So the Rebbe explains as follows In Tainug Hapashat, simple Tainug, there's two levels there's a tiny which you feel. You feel the tiny, you feel the pleasure. And then there's the essence of pleasure, which you don't even feel it, which is much higher. So notice like this, when you start out a class and a teacher starts out a class and he shares a joke, wow, everyone feels great. Why again, why do you feel great? Because it's a tainu kapashat, which is really a very, very high tainu, but you feel the tainug. You feel it, you're smiling. After everyone's calm, everyone feels great, then you teach the lesson, whether it's Chumash, Mishnah, Talmud, etc. What happens after, and that's called a Hashpah Pneumis, that's an internal relationship. You you imparted something internally, the student can say, wow, I learned this. After the student learns what you teach them in Hashpah Pneumis, what happens is you reach a level of Tainug, which is called the Essence Tainuq, which is totally not felt, quantified, and it goes to a much, much higher level, much higher level of tainuk. And based on this, we all know the famous Chazal, the Talmud tell us, "Um Ummi Talmidai, from your students, you actually get much more than if you learn by yourself. Why? So again, so the cycle goes to understand the muscle, the parable of a teacher to a student. It's important to, to get get this because it's something which is uh, used many, many places in mysticism. So the start is, again, to recap, the way the muscle works. A teacher walks in, and you want to get the children to, uh, uh, could be adults also, but the teacher wants the students to connect to him. So he starts off, a smile, a joke, a anecdote, whatever, a story maybe even, and that creates a certain Tainug, a pleasure. And that Tainug is very, very high. But again, they didn't learn anything. After you created that Tainug, so now their heart is open, their mind is open, and now you learned a lesson. And they take it with premius. And once they take it with premius, what happens is that it actually draws down an even higher level of Tainug the essence of tainig which is not because of a joke in the joke in the anecdotes the reason why you have tiny because oh that was funny but once you learn something it draws down a certain level of tainig which is much power much more powerful much more deeper so that's the first mashal the first analogy of the way it works, of a Hashbah Chitsoyinius, which is, for example, in the case of the teacher and the student, the joke, then you have the Hashbah Pneemius, and through that, you actually bring down a much more powerful, a much greater tainuk for your students. That's the first mashal. That Again, the Rebbe explains that the the previous Rebbe used in that Hasidic discourse. Now the Rebbe is going to explain the second mashal. What's the second mashal? So the second muscle the previous Rebbe used was, if you have a little, now we're not using a student, now we're using a child. That you have a little child, it could be a baby, whatever whatever level the age of the child is, and a parent wants to play with the child, and wants to play in a way that they have some kind of nice, deep, meaningful um, experience. But the child is small, and the parent is uh, an adult, So what does a parent have to do? You have to bend down and you have to pick up the child so that you can play with him. Otherwise, if you're here and the child's there, how are you playing with the child? So you have to bend bend down, pick up the child. Now you see the child face to face. So what happens like this? What happens if you're sitting here and the child's on the floor? And you say, hey, how are you, right? So you're here, the child's there. How are you gonna have a, a, a a good interaction with the child? So you have to get down, pick up the child. Now, when you're picking up up the child, what are you doing? Technically nothing. You're picking up the child. Nothing happened yet. But the mere fact that you pick up the child and bring him on the same level as you, now you see eye to eye, before, before you do the next step, the mere fact, again, you went down, you picked up the child, and you brought him to the level now that you see the child eye to eye, you know what happens now? That process created that you should be able to have the next level of the relationship. So picking up the child, on one hand, it's chitsoinius. What do you do? You just picked up the child. But without that chitsoinius, how can you have the panemius? So that's an introduction to the internal relationship. And the Rebbe says... That again, what's the source of this muscle the previous rebbe gives? So he says the source of this muscle, the first muscle, if you remember, the source was from the middle of Rebbe and Turbis Chaim. This second muscle, the source, is actually from the magid of mezrich we know the first hasidic leader was the balsham his student was the magid and then the first chabad leader was the Alter Rebbe, and then the, the middle Rebbe, and so on and so forth so this is actually the source the shayrish the source of this muscle it comes from the magid the Magid of Mesrich. in his book classical book called ira torah but over there the rebbe says it's interesting if you give a look over there in the ira torah he actually says that when the when the um parent pricks up the child so that the, the, uh, the child actually plays with the beard of the father. That's the, an, an, another addition that he actually adds. When you pick up the child, the child plays with the beard of the father. Now, the Rebbe explains what's the idea of playing with the beard of the father because, um, which again, it's all still in the external part of the relationship, which is the goal is to get to the internal part, because the Arabic explains, because what's the whole idea of, the, of a beard in Kabbalah? We know, in Kabbalah, and the reason why we don't cut a beard, because a beard is very, very powerful on a Kabbalistic level. It's actually the shoyrish, the source of the beard, the zaken of a per- person, it comes from yud gimel dikna, 13 points of, of light which we know is the Seirish is in the 13 attributes of compassion, which is above, he's above the level of, of the world. So again, the Seirish, the reason why he plays in the beard is because it's in Yud Gimalti a very, very high Kabbalistic place, which is the 13 attributes of compassion, which is obviously listed in the Torah how obviously it has a connection to the world because we know it says um, it's connected to the world and actually that's why it's called midois, um, uh, because it comes from measurement there's some kind of connection to uh, connection to the world but what's the goal? the goal is after the, the parent picks up the child and you create that what happens then the goal is to have the internal relationship with the child what happens after you create an internal relationship with the child whether it's through t- talking singing whatever it may be then you actually draw down from the essence which is even higher than the Makif, higher than the 13 attributes and higher than you'd come you draw down from the highest level and that's really the the uh, the, the the power and the impact of the union of the Zer Ampin and the nukva, the Six Midois and Malchus, which is an internal connection. It's even more powerful than the union of uh, because specifically through the Hashbab Pnimis, Hashbab Pnimis, an internal relationship doesn't necessarily come from intellect, because because that's more makif, but to have a real relationship, it has to be through 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 the uh, Zun, which is the six Midois and Malchus, the emotions, Ava and Yira, but through that, we actually reach a very a higher level than before. So those are the two um, Mishalim, the two parables that the Rabbi explains. Again, the first one with a um, a teacher and a student, and the second one with a parent playing with a child. Now, this is all high-level Kabbalah stuff, but now let's make it practical. So the Rabbi says, let's let's talk practically, how does this help us in our service of Hashem? Because we know that the whole goal of learning Torah and doing the mitzvot and the praying and especially Kabbalah, it's not just to take us onto these like nice Kabbalistic spiritual journeys. It's great. It's important to have these Kabbalistic spiritual journeys. But it's all important. What's very, very important is we bring it down by Avoido. How it helps us in serving Hashem and having a better relationship with Hashem. So we all know that in order to have a relationship with Hashem, there's a, uh, you gotta start somewhere. Now, the way Hashem made the world is every single night we go to sleep, and every single morning we get up. So when does our avoida start? So on a certain level, you prepare yourself the night before so that the day is great. But the 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 of the day starts when you get up in the morning. When does the when does when does the start? So every single day in the morning, what do you do when you get up? You pray. The first thing before you start your day, before you go out and start dealing with the world, um, whether it's in work or whatever you do, um, you have to first pray. That's the, that's the beginning of our avoida. Why is that important? Because if you want your day to be great, you have to set the tone for the day. You have to have a vision. You have to have a plan. So the beginning of a person's work every single day is the morning prayer services. And there he quotes actually from a a verse in the prophets that says, that a person that, in his, that his, he has in his uh, in his nostrils, he he breathes. Because if you weren't able to breathe, like what? what I mean, we all know today, especially in the COVID uh, era, breathing is very very important. So breathing is extremely important. Without the breath of Hashem, and who gives us the breath? Hashem gives us the breath. So we have to remember that every single breath we get from Hashem. But the Rebbe explains, like what would you be worth without without being able to breathe? So the the Rebbe explains that we we can read, it's Bameh, with what would you be worth, or Bama, an altar. Now we know, for example, that before we had the temple, we'd bring sacrifices, we're on a Bama, on a a man-made altar. So the Rebbe says that the quotes from the Alter Rebbe and the the Rebbe Marash that says that before a person prays, He's considered like a, like a, an altar. It means that you have an altar, but you gotta, you got to serve Hashem. So before you pray, it's like the altar. What happens when you pray? So then you use the altar to connect to Hashem. So when a person wakes up, you're like an altar, meaning to say is, everything is ready. No, start serving Hashem. When you start serving Hashem, that's when you connect to Hashem. Now, What happens when you... How do you connect to Hashem? By prayer. So what we learned before, any relationship, there's two parts to a relationship. You have to have the chitzony relationship and you have to have the pen relationship with Hashem. So, in other words, when you start prayer, you need to have, in general, you're getting ready to to create an internal relationship with Hashem. After you create the internal relationship with Hashem, then you have the internal relationship with Hashem. And what's the internal? The internal relationship is that when a person prays, you realize that you want to bring down blessings, not just in the spiritual, but we want to have a high. That's chitanius. The goal with all the prayer is that we should draw down blessings in the physical world, that we should be successful in all our materialistic pursuits, so that we can bring godliness into the world. And the Rebbe explains this, the idea of bringing down the powerful Kabbalistic insight, uh, uh, energies into the world, and he explains it based on what the Baal again we said Baal is the founder of Chassidus, and Baal Shem Tov explains that we know that, for example, when you get up in the morning, what's the first thing you should do? You gotta talk to Hashem. Hashem created you, Hashem gave you your Neshama back, you went, you went to sleep at night, you were exhausted. You get up in the morning, you're full with energy. Who gave you all those gifts? Who gave you all that blessing? Hashem gave you. So the first thing that you get up in the morning, you talk to Hashem. And matter of fact, before you pray to Hashem, it's actually, there's coin to halacha, you can't even talk to somebody else. You can't have any, uh, sit down and have a coffee before you pray. First thing you have to pray. Now, the, so the Bashamtu explains based on what the Arizal says. Famous Kabbalist the Arizal. The Arizal says as follows. We know in the Torah in the Ten Commandments is a commandment to honor your mother and father. But we also know, besides honoring your mother and father, we know there's an extra the aim Which like kibbut av aim. What's the aim? And so we learn that you have an obligation, not only to respect your mother and your father, but you also have to respect your older brother. Now, the question is, why is that? According to Kabbalah, we know your father, Chachma, your mother, Bina, they produced you, um, the child, the, the offspring, the Midois. but why your older brother? What's the connection? So the, Ari- so the Arizal explains, because when your parents gave birth to their first child, They actually gave him a certain level of energy, which they had from themselves. And they left that over specifically in the oldest child. And the oldest child has that powerful energy more than all the the other children. And matter of fact, we receive, obviously from our parents, but there's a certain gift that we receive from from the oldest son. And because of that, because we receive from the older son, there's in certain ways you have to uh, honor your older brother. And um, so the Arizal says again, you have to honor your parents and your older brother. Why? Because the older brother has the first level of energy from your parents. So based on this, the Arizal says like this. You get up in the morning. You have a whole day ahead of you. But what is the start of your day? Where is the, just like for example, when it came to the older brother, you have to honor him because he received the first powerful gift from your parents, which you get through him. So based on this, the Arizal says that this applies to each and every one of us every single morning. When we get up in the morning, the just gave us our life. We're alive now. We're able to conquer the day. We have energy. So right now, the first energy we have in the morning is extremely powerful. And because it's extremely powerful, we have to make sure our machshava, our first thought of the day, our first speech of the day, our first action of the day should be totally dedicated and connected to God. Because based on your outlook, your thoughts, your speech and action right when you get up, that's what your whole day is going to be not to get into a side topic, everyone knows that when you get up in the morning and you have a positive outlook, your whole day is gonna be positive. Unfortunately, as I say, if you woke up on the wrong side of the bed and you have a negative outlook, maybe you should go back to sleep because your day is not not gonna be so great. So the beginning of the day is extremely important because your whole day is going to be based on your first thought in the morning and the first thing that comes out of your mouth in the morning and your first action that comes out, the first action that you do in the morning. So based on this, the the Rebbe explains that the same thing also when it comes to prayer. The first prayer in the morning has to be totally focused on Hashem. And through that, you're going to have an an amazing day throughout the day. Now, when you get up in the morning and you have your first thought, Hashem, speech, action. That creates, we call the Hashpah But what happens afterwards, then you actually sit down with a prayer book and you put on your tefillin your talus, it depends on your age, and you start praying in an internal way. It, we know in the prayers, we think about the greatness of Hashem, the way Hashem created everything, and the way Hashem draws down blessings to everything. We ask Hashem in our prayers for specific blessings. And we not only ask for blessings that we should have, like this hu-ha, spiritual experience. We want real blessing in the physical world. And by praying for physical worlds, we actually draw down blessings into the physical world. So in other words, the so hashpachit is, the external relationship is prayer is setting the tone of the day, but then in the prayer we draw down the prayer into re- into reality of life. We we ask for health, we ask for sustenance, we ask for uh, for t- t- to success in everything that we do physically, materially, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. We ask for everything for ourselves, for our communities, for Klal Yisrael but once we create that hashpah primus where we're actually internalizing we're making it real we're, we're establishing something specific that actually causes to draw down even much more powerful greater blessings like there quotes in the verse it says shor, that in the power of the physical world we actually end up bringing down rav much much more powerful and much more greater blessings so this is the same idea the two parables where again, it starts off with and that draws down obviously a much greater level. That same thing applies to us when we get up in the morning that we start off Yishpach is, right? We're connected to Hashem, but then we have to, in our prayers, we ask for specific things, and through that, we actually draw down tremendous blessings. And just to remember the idea that it all starts in the morning. So right in the morning, as soon as you get up, to stay focused to make sure that you get, get to your prayers, you, you do your prayers, and this way you'll guarantee to have an amazing, beautiful, blessed, and powerful day. Now, now the is going to bring it back full circle. In other words, we gave the two parables, we show how it works in prayer, and now was going to explain how it works on a Kabbalistic level. In other words, like this. In every union. So we're talking about, L'chadoidi l'chrezkala, which basically means the hashba, the relationship of Zah and Malchus, the union of Zun, Zun is, stands for Zer Ampin Venuk for the small face, which is the six Midot, and Malchus. So first you have to have what? The external, drawing in the external relationship. Afterwards you can have the internal relationship. Now again, the in, external relationship is, is much higher. It's Makif. you can't even internalize it. And it's higher than, than f- coming into a vessel. But nevertheless... You need that first. After that, you have the internal relationship. What does it mean internal? So that powerful that you, you cannot internalize, but whatever you're taking, you're actually internalizing it. Once you internalize it, you actually reach a much higher level than before. So the question is, why is that so? Why is it that afterwards you're going to reach much, much, much greater than before? So again, to spell it out again, the relationship is, Zon Malchus meet up, and they want to unify. So first you have a Shpach which means makif, external. Then it's internalized, but then you actually draw down much greater than before. And that was the two parables, and that's that it the boy, there's But the question is, why is that so? So the rabbi is going to explain over here as follows. We know that in the spheroids, let's exclude Kessef right now. We're going to do Chabad, Chagas, Nehim. So we have the intellectual spheres, Chabad. Then you have the six Midois, Zerampin, and then you have the last midah, which is Nukva, which is Malchus. Now, in the world of the spheroid, what's higher, which means what has more energy, what has more light, be- between the Zerampin and Nukva, between the six Midois and Malchus, obviously the Zer Ampin, the six Midois, is much more powerful. Malchus is much less. Now, but the reality is like this. What is the Shairish? What is the source? Because everything comes from somewhere. What is the source of the six midois? And what is the source of Malchus? In other words, what's the source of Zah, the six Midois, And what's the source of Malchus? So the Rebbe explains that the source of Malchus is actually higher. And the source of za. Why? Because in kesser, which we know is the highest sphera, so you have pnimiya saker, which is attic, and you have which is arach, tainug and Ratsoy. So the source of za is actually in chitzoniya saker, the external part of kesser. The source of malchus is where in pnimiya saker, in tainug. Let's make sure we get this because it's going to be important to understand this. Again, Za is higher than Malchus. The emotions, and Malchus is a receiver. But the source of Za is only in Khiternius Akessar. But the source of Malchus is actually even higher. It's in Primius Akessar. Or is there ever quotes from the Zohar that says that um, even though we say that Za comes from Atik? which is really in, in, a, in a higher level of Keser, but it doesn't mean the internal part of Atik. It's actually Chitsoyinius of Atik. So Zaz, Chitsoyinius of Keser, or even in Atik it's Chitsoyinius. However, Malchus, what's the source of Malchus? The source of Malchus is in Pnemius of Atik, or in the terms of Kabbalah, it's actually called Reishis, the Loy Isyada. The beginning, which is not even known what it is. It's so deep, it's so deep inside. Now, so that's in its source. That's in its source. So in the source, Malchus is much higher. Zah is lower in its source. Now, what happens, Malchus, what's its source? primius HaKeser. primius avatik. Once Malchus comes down, so to speak, into the world, it means it went down into a lower level. So what happens to Malchus? It forgets its source, and the answer is no, no, no. It has source connected to its source. You don't forget. You don't get disconnected from your source. The difference is that your source is concealed. In Kabbalah words, it's called its behelim. So malchus is source is higher, but it's still connected to the source. But it's but it's behelam. It's concealed. Now, so in other words, simple English, malchus is connected to a tremendous treasure chest. But it's concealed. You can't. You, it's Malchus has a tremendous treasure in its source. You need the key to get into it. So, and it's not like you have to create it. It's there. It's behelam. It's concealed. The goal is to take the Malchus that's concealed. What's the treasure that's concealed and reveal it? How do you go ahead and reveal what's concealed in Malchus? The one that has the key to get into the treasure chest of Malchus is Za. Zerampin. The Midois have the power to go into Malchus, and if it does its appropriate job, Malchus will go from being Malchus, where its real treasures are concealed, it will actually reveal it. What happens, again, so when Zohar and Malchus meet up, Za right now is higher, Malchus technically is lower. Zah, its source is lower. Malchus, its source is higher. Malchus, but has the real goods, but it's concealed. Who can open it up? Malchus can't open itself up. As we know the famous line, a prisoner cannot open up its own prison. Its own prison cell. You need someone from the outside. Comes along Zah, and when Zah interacts with Malchus, you know what it does? It helps it open up, open up what it has in, in a helm in a concealed way, and now it reveals itself. But what does it reveal? It reveals its source. And when it opens it up, so Malchus that right now is lower, actually becomes higher than Zah. So again, the flow is like this. Zah comes and connects with Malchus. And when it connects with it, za is still higher than Malchus. But after it connects with it, and Malchus allows za to take it into Epipremius, you actually go to a much higher level where Malchus is in Epipremius Akaser, and then Malchus totally explodes in a beautiful way. It allows itself to reveal all the treasures that it has hidden within it. So what happens then is, two things happen. Malchus gets elevated because it reveals all its treasures. And Zah that initially thought it was the whole Macher, he was the one coming to, to inspire Malchus, actually benefits from Malchus. So the giver becomes the huge receiver. The giver, ZA, that's coming to give in Malchus, and rightfully so. It's here to internally shear with Malchus, but it, all of a sudden, by, by shearing, the in a real way, Malchus opens up, and Malchus glows. And when Malchus glows, ZA benefits from that glow. As the Rebbe quotes from the verse from King Solomon that says, Eishesh the wife becomes a teres of the crown for her husband. What do you mean she's the eishez hail And the answer is yes, because when they interact, the wife becomes, then is able to come the crown over the husband, because obviously what's revealed is a much more much more powerful level. Based on this powerful insight, again, the way the flow goes, just to recap real quick before we go further, that again, the, the source why, first is... A, Hashpah an external Hashpah. Then Pneemius, and then there's a tremendous payoff, a tremendous profit, is because again, Zah is higher. So before it interacts, it has to make them comfortable. And then after you have the Hashpah and the, or Makif, then it becomes Pneemius in a real way. But by coming in a real way, it reveals the source of the lower level, which is really higher, and then they both benefit. So based on this, Rabbi explains well, it says, remember, what, what it saying in the has called Pnei Shabbos. That there's two levels, and two ideas on Shabbos. On one hand, we know what is Shabbos called on the world of Kabbalah. What is Shabbos called? Shabbos is called the Malka. Pnei Shabbos, the Kabbalah, right? Shabbos is the, is the, is the Malka. is the queen. Why is Shabbos called the queen? Because it's Malchus. Shabbos receives. And we know when you're receiving your Malkhos, you're lower than all the Sfirahs. Or is the famous line it says, Si or less than megamark The The Malchus has nothing of its own. It's receiving from the whole whole, whole week. For example, we all know, famous line we say, "Misha Shabbos, Shabbos. Shabbos, are you allowed to make anything? Are you allowed to cook? Are you allowed to, allowed to do anything? So in order to enjoy Shabbos, everything that you're enjoying on Shabbos, food, drinks, everything you have. You didn't make it on Shabbos. You prepared it during the week. So Shabbos is a malka. It's a, it's a, it's receipt it's Malchus it's receiving from the whole week. That's on one hand. So on one hand, what do we say about Shabbos? Shabbos is the receiver. It receives from the whole week. Whatever you prepare during the week, that's what you're going to have on Shabbos. Shabbos doesn't make anything. On the other hand, we know it's a famous line that says in the Talmud, that, or in the Zohar as well, that all the days of the week get blessed, away from Shabbos. Kulam Yoimin, the following week, gets blessed from Shabbos. In other words, besides the fact that we know Shabbos Kodesh, Shabbos is holy in the whole week, not only that, but actually it blesses the whole week. So how do the two work together? On one hand we're saying Shabbos receives from, from the whole week, and the other hand we're saying that Shabbos gives to the whole week. So Jehovah explains very simple, because the six days of the week that's giving to Shabbos, it's like it's coming from where? From the six Midas. Zah, the small face, the Zerampin. Hashem made the world in six days. And Shabbos what? Is Malchus. And so therefore what's happening is, when Malchus is in this world, to receive it from the Zah. And especially there it says as as Marcus goes down to the world of bria Yitsira of asia so it comes down to this physical world so shabbos has to receive from where from the six days of the week from zah the six midos. and we know during the week what what's the avoided during the week we have to transform avoid this we transform our animal soul we transform the physical world all the physical things in the world everything that you do during the six days of the week so what happens after that? So a whole week you're working and you're preparing for Shabbos. The whole week is giving to Shabbos. But what happens when Shabbos comes? Oh, when Shabbos comes, then Shabbos gets elevated. It goes from, it leaves Bri, Etzer, and It leaves the physical world and it goes into the spiritual world. And that's why we all know. Why don't we do any work in Shabbos? Because Shabbos is above work. The worlds get elevated. And what happens initially? Again, so initially before Shabbos came, the whole week is the whole week, six days is preparing for Shabbos, and Shabbos is the receiver. It's sitting there, it's receiving. But the minute Shabbos comes and it receives it all, Shabbos elevates to higher world, to spiritual, high, small, higher spiritual. Everything has an upgrade in Shabbos, and it actually gets an upgrade. Not only Shabbos itself gets an upgrade; it upgrades everything from the whole week. And because it upgrades everything a whole week, it actually has the power to bless the upcoming week. So again, the same idea that we said before about, the, about, about prayer and the reason why it, it's much more powerful based on the sphere is because you reveal the hidden part of Malchus. That's the same idea of Shabbos. A whole week we work to prepare for Shabbos. And then Shabbos comes and not only it elevates the whole week, it actually has the power to bless the upcoming week. So based on this, Terry explains beautifully and I think if, we, if you pay attention now and we get this, your Friday night lechadoidi, not only this Shabbos, but forever will be totally a different lechadoidi. The Rebbe explains it like this. What's the whole idea of lechadoidi? Lechadoidi, likras, kala, pnei Shabbos, nekabla. What does that mean spiritually, according to Kabbalah? That the Shamas Yisrael, us Jewish people, we're asking lechadoidi, Likras Kala, that we want the ZA, the six midois, the Zerampin, should be unified with Malchus. L'chadoidi, we're praying, right? Doidi, the six midois, Likras Kala, come and connect to the Kala. ZA should be connected to, to Malchus. Now again, as we learned before, how does the beginning of the relation, any relationship start? So the first part is, Lecha. What does Lecha mean? Just go, Halicha. It's not internalized, it's not intimate, it's not pneumious, it's not something which is meaningful and powerful. Just right now, let's just create the Hashpah tainis. So Lecha means just like a walk in the park. Lecha doidi We're asking it to be a start of a relationship between Zoha and Malchus. Obviously, that's not the goal. That's the first part. It should be a union. It should be a relationship. An external. After that, after you have the lechadoidi then we're asking, Pnei Shabbos ne What does Pnei mean? Again, Pnei comes from face. What is a face when two faces see each other? That's called Aram Shaka So the second part of the we're asking is, Pnei Shabbos. We want it to be in an internal way. Why? Because when when the, the Hashbah is panemius, then it'll be a, a premius of zah and malchus. But then the pnimius, the essence of malchus, will come out. What's the essence of malchus? We learned before. That's the way malchus. Its sheirish. Its source is an attic. Just again, just let's re- review real quick before we go into it again. L'chadoydi l'kreskala means. We were starting them shachah chitzonius zon We want it should be an internal relationship. How's it internal? Because zon comes internally into malchus, and then the pneius of malchus comes out, which means the Atta comes out. And then, based on, what do we say? Nekabla. So the Rebbe says, "Why is he Nekabla?" The Nekab, will receive it. What is Nikabla? The is plural. So the Rebbe explains very simple. Because not only um, is Malchus receiving from Zoh, but after the after that Zohar, Malchus takes Zoh into a premius, and that causes Malchus eh, to be revealed. So then the Kabbalah. So there's two there's two people that are a Malchus receives from Zoh. After Malchus receives from Zoh, Malchus opens up what's concealed in a revealed way, now Zah receives from Malchus also. As we mentioned before the verse, Eishish Chayil Ateras Bailah. So after, Eishish Chayil becomes a crown for the husband. And based on this, the says that this idea applies not only in Zah and Malchus, but any time there's a mashpi and a makabal, someone that's, so to speak, the giver, and someone that's the receiver, someone that's the teacher, and someone that's the student, anytime, in any type of relationship, there's a giver and a taker, that so the giver thinks they're giving, and it's true, and the receiver is receiving. But once the receiver receives what they have internally, what they have concealed away, gets revealed. And once that gets revealed, the teacher benefits tr- tr- tremendously. As you've already quoted before, where it says, Mi talmidai that knows. The great rabbi in Talmud said, I learned from this one this, I learned from that one that. But for my students, I learned the most. Why is that? Again, because when you're teaching and you're the parent, you're giving, so you think you're giving. That's, and it's true. But when you give, what happens is it, because the student and the, and the, and the child is sourced is much higher and allows them to open up all the tremendous treasure chests they have in a hidden way, that benefits them. And obviously it benefits the giver as well. So that's in general. Obviously, the Chasidic Discourse is, is, was is set for, for a wedding. Shabbat says specifically, we know with a chastan and a kala, a groom and a, bar, a bride, that specifically when there's a Hamshaka premius when there's an internal relationship, where one is giving to the other, then the other one actually brings out tremendous... Um, uh, treasures they have within, and it becomes H.S. a uh, um, Ateras Baila, and there are every quote where it says, hayim, and everything originally is from the earth, which means say, is that ultimately all the treasures are buried inside, and through that, you actually draw down, when you reveal those powerful energies from within, you draw down the Koya Cha'in the power of infinite power. And when you draw down the infinite power, you have the power to create new, and the Rebbe finishes off with a, a generation which is blessed, and the children and grandchildren um, busy studying Torah and doing mitzvahs. So this is just another beautiful Hasidic discourse of the Rebbe, and obviously there's tremendous, tremendous lessons over here we can learn, but I think um, one of the most powerful lessons is that any time there's a giver and receiver. So first of all, the approach has to be is, that's the first, you know, create the Hashpah uh, Chitsoyini, is the makif, that there's, uh, they'll create an openness. But then when one person is giving and they're giving to someone that actually is the receiving, the, and, and that's tremendous. But ultimately what happens is the receiver opens up tremendous uh, qualities that they have buried within. Not that you're creating it. It's there, but it's concealed. And ultimately everyone benefits. So let's hope and pray that we all, um, experience the opportunity to give to receive and we should hopefully all merit to uh, to receive the tremendous blessings from hashem which uh, we all hope for the uh, coming of mashiach speedily in our days thank you so much for joining us for our weekly chassidist class and let's hope our next class will be in your shalayim ira kodesh with mashiach Tidkenu. have a great and blessed week